I'm just going to go ahead and say one thing, grumpy old man. Before we do our usual introductions, I wish that all the people who do watch the live stream could see you dancing when we go ahead and get the intro music started. I love it. It makes my it makes my weekend, grumpy old man. I like that intro music. It's, it's neat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here at the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ. And with me again, as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Uh, now, grumpy, Islanders news. We have some Islanders news, grumpy old man. I'm sure it's a shock to you. No, it's not a shock to me. Uh, well, I'm, and I'm again, gonna, it wasn't. I'm going to let you take it, go run with it, and you, you tell us the news. I'm focusing more on yes, grumpy. News. I'm focusing more on NHL news as opposed to the Islander news, so to speak. Well, there's NHL news certainly we're going to have to talk about. Definitely division realignments or tentative division realignments right now. Um, but the Islanders go ahead and bring in Dmitry Timosov, um, who's probably going to be you know a bottom six forward for us. Uh, and I'm sure for many Islander fans, it's nothing that you know titillates their senses where they're like, hell yeah, we just brought in Dimitros, uh, Dimitro Timosov. I probably butchered that first name, but um, I think it definitely does does add depth to the bottom six for certain grumpy old man. And he's a guy that could be useful, especially if the, the NHL is going to be running a taxi type of service between Bridgeport and the, the, uh, the NHL this season. Well, I mean, you're right. We desperately needed another bottom six forward. We only have, I don't know, 30 of them who play on this team. So we needed another one, I guess. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> that, fall, that news falls under who cares. He's a career minor leaguer. It's what he was. Last year he was in Detroit. Did he even play on the big team? Well, Just la- well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, grumpy old man. I'm not going to let you disparage him like that. We haven't even had a chance to discuss it. I don't want to jump the gun and talk about it. I will tell you this much, grumpy old man. He did play, though, last year in the NHL. He played there for the Maple Leafs as well as the Red Wings, grumpy old man. And I'll tell you, it was it was a trade where we didn't have to give up anything, just future considerations. So as of right now, I, I find it hard that the grumpy old man can complain about a trade like that. It's just unnecessary. Where's he going to play? We have – we have. think about how many bottom six forwards we have. Do we need to add another one to the mix? I mean, unless you're planning on dumping some of the fossils, why did you need it? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, grumpy. I'm not jumping on him, but, you know, when you said, you know, he, I, I question whether he played in the NHL because he played for Detroit last year. So, you know, they were the worst team, you know, historically bad last year. So. No, he played He played for Toronto. He was sent down in the Marlies, and then he was claimed off the waivers, Grumpy. Um, so, yeah, Grump, you got to come prepared, Grumpy, old man. I thought you would have done your homework. You're the NHL analyst and expert, Grumpy. Okay, this guy – was so unimportant. Important. I didn't even bother to remember his name, to be honest with you. He's not going to start for us. He's not going to start for us. He's going to be down in the A. That's where he's going to be. The only reason he played last year after he was waived by Toronto in the NHL is because he played for Detroit, a historically bad team. We're not historically bad. He didn't play a lot of games for Detroit, grumpy old man, but he did play a few. I think it was five. Um, but before we jump, before five. we jump. Grump, before we jump too much into hockey news, I want to go ahead and bring in the segment where 
Paige can go ahead and stump the grump. And it makes me always, that does add a little bit extra joy into my day. When I see you kind of fumble around as to what the new terminology that kids use these days are, that does bring a little bit of joy to my life. So we're going to bring in Paige so she can go ahead and do the stump the grump segment, grumpy old man. Hey, guys. Hello, Paige. Your hair looks really nice today. Oh, thank you. You don't have any insults to give me today? Who do I look like? Hold on. I never insult you. Okay. I insult TJ, not you. That's true. I insult TJ as well. Oh, wow. We're starting here. Anyway, Paige, what type of word do you have for us today? Today, my word is cooked. Cooked? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, you know, hey, it's not like food is cooked. I'm going to relate that to athletes. It's like when they're uh, cashed in, cooked, finished, done. Like Julian Edelman for the Patriots right now, he's cashed in, cooked, he's done. It's over. That's what I think. Like TJ, your hair is cooked. <laughs> Coming from the grumpy old man, you got to get out of here, grumpy. I'll tell you this much, grumpy. If I'm thinking, what does cooked mean? I'm thinking one or two ways. It either means that you're you're under the influence of something. Maybe you're cooked, you're high or some aspect. Or maybe you're right. Like when a defensive back's out there, he just gets burned. He got cooked on that route. Maybe he, he you know, he lost. I don't know. Uh, Paige, what does it mean? Can you use it in a sentence for us? The sentence will give it away. But um, I worked 80 hours this week. I'm cooked. She's burned out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're tired, burned out. Okay. I need a rest. <sighs> tired. So you're cooked. You're done. Your dad is a different example, but pretty much. You live with TJ, right? Yes, I do. That has to be exhausting in itself. I would, matter of fact, I would go as far as to say the more you work outside of the home, the less cooked you will be. I, I, I want to tell you this, uh, Paige. I think it could be used in a sentence like this. Every single Saturday, when TJ and the grumpy old man live stream, TJ feels cooked after what he has to endure by the grumpy old man. Would that be an accurate use of that word? I think that would definitely be an accurate use. (laughs) I I just want to say something to the people listening. Every single time on this podcast before it starts, TJ says, Grumpy, don't speak over anyone who's not talking on the podcast. I don't want to, because every week you do it. You talk over the people every single time. And you know what? It's because I have pearls of wisdom. And usually the people I'm talking with are kind of have inane comments, such as TJ and occasionally Paige. So I feel like I must bring intelligence to the podcast. So I'm going to speak over you. It's just the way it's going to be. Well, Grump, Grump, I have to remind you, when you do speak over people, they don't actually hear any of the audio. All they hear is everything getting muffled together. So I don't tell you not to speak over because I don't like what you're saying. I say because nobody can hear anything that goes on the podcast, as I've explained before. (laughs) When I speak and while you're speaking to block out your ridiculous thought, it's actually helping the podcast because then the people are not forced to listen to it. (laughs) <laughs> that's it grumpy old man you've got it i see you're trying to fire off grumpy old man you're trying to clap back because i go ahead and use a little uh or use our new word to disparage you a little bit it's fine you know i'm a big boy i can take it what can i take? <laughs> well thank you Paige, for stump the grump you definitely stumped me it doesn't seem like you stumped the grump though this time 
I'm about to say, on. I think he actually got it. Hold on, Paige. I want to say one thing. Uh, you know, TJ usually cuts you off every week. And I don't know if you have like a funny little anecdote that you want to say before you get off so we know when to say goodbye to you. You know, I would, but I'm a little cooked for my work week. So I think that'll be just my parting words. <laughs> I, I was going to think maybe you're just not funny and you don't have one of those funny anecdotes. Mm, we'll see. I'll see what I can come up with. Let myself oh. over a few jokes. See what I can come up with. You'll one, just have to go. That's one for the grumpy old man against Paige. <laughs> one for the grumpy old man against TJ. Thank you. All righty, Paige. Thank you for doing the Stump the Grump segment as always. Uh, grumpy old man. We are here and we have a lot to talk about today. Um, obviously, the move the Islanders made doesn't really excite fans too much. It's not a trade that, you know, it's not a blockbuster. Um, it is, I, again, I do disagree with you, though, Grumpy. I think it's an important move uh, when we're talking about the depth of the Islanders organization. I know you say our team is loaded with bottom six forwards. I know you do. You do all the time, Grumpy old man. I will say this much, though. He's a young guy, and Lou Lamarillo does know a little bit about Timosov. Remember, he was actually, uh, I guess, the general manager at the time period when he was selected. I don't think he actually went ahead and conducted the draft, but he technically was in charge at the actual draft where Timosov was selected by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So you have to believe there's something that he knows or he sees in that young man that he thinks that, that that might actually benefit the Islanders. Yeah. I'm not going to give him credit for drafting this kid, which is probably a good thing because he's another ham and egger. But uh, and the reason why I'm not giving him credit is the same reason that I don't give him credit for drafting Dobson or Wallstrom or any uh, anyone else in that particular draft class, because you know he just came in at the time. So, and uh, you know I'm not running down the trade. Uh, it's you're right. It's a depth piece, but we are loaded in bottom six forwards. Do we need any? No. Um, you know, if you believe the scuttlebutt, they want to bring Broussard back on a one-year deal. Then you have Del Cole, and you have Komarov, and you have uh, Johnston. Is it, we have we have a whole bunch. And then, of course, the young guys, right? Bellows and Wallstrom. You want them to come up and opt. That's what they're going to be playing on the third line, probably. I just don't see why it was needed. I can see a depth piece, but I think it's mostly for Bridgeport. I don't think it's for the NHL. I, again, I think he does add depth, as you mentioned, and just like last year, right? I mean, Cole Bardreau wasn't a guy before the season that any Islander fan was ever talking about. He wasn't, right? But when he does, and when he was called upon, I think it was for a stint of less than ten games. He played well. He performed. He was able to go ahead and fit and fill the shoes. Again, not as good as a Casey Zizekas or anything like that, but he was able to do a valiant job and he was able to step up and really help the Islanders stay afloat during that time period. So I think that's what they were looking for when they brought on a guy like Timisov. Did they need him? I mean, they didn't give up anything for him. Um, he's still a youngish guy. So what is he, 24, 25 years old? So, you know, I just I just don't think it moves the needle in any way, shape, or form for us. That's that's not the big that's not the big news as far as I'm concerned for my Islander. The biggest news for me is that it tentatively it looks like we're gonna have hockey starting January 13th. Yes, grumpy old man. I think that obviously is the centerpiece of the or the NHL news here. Um, it looks like they've kind of come to agreements. They know exactly what needs to be done. They've uh, they've put aside whatever type of financial discrepancies there may have been between the owners and the players' association. So that's always good. 
um, it definitely reassuring to see. I'm happy that it looks like we are going to have training camp starting up on January the 1st. And it looks like the actual start date is going to be January 13th. So just like you said, Grumpy Old Man, it's, it gives me something to look forward to. And I think they also said they're going to work out a deal with a, a company to go ahead and make sure that all the players are vaccinated. Um, and this is – it obviously is going to play a role because you don't want to have multiple games being canceled, postponed, or anything like that uh, during the hockey season because you do have these positive coronavirus cases – um, and there looks like there's also going to be a division realignment. And I think that actually doesn't work in favor there for the New York Islanders, if I say so, grumpy old man. Yeah, that's a lot to unpack what you said. I'm going to go first. I'll go with the coronavirus. Um, I think the NHL, out of all the professional sports, has done it better than anyone else. And the fact that they're being proactive by uh, – and they're not getting the shots for free. Uh, they're paying for those. Um, that's what the negotiation is. And, you know, for me, that's just being so proactive compared to other sports. I don't know what the NBA is doing, but I haven't heard anything in regards to that. I know they started their preseason yesterday, as a matter of fact, or two days ago. Um, but uh, I am totally in love with the division realignment and the fact that you're going to be playing your divisional teams more often. I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, so, yeah. Hold on, Grump. You said you were in love with the divisional realignment. Tell me a little more. I like I like the old teams when we play a lot. I don't think it's good for us standings wise, but I want to play more. I want to play the Rangers more and the Devils more um, and Washington more, as opposed to just four times a year. I want to play those teams more often, which I think is going to be the case. I think there's going to be less travel and stuff like that. Yeah, Grumpy old man. I do think long term. I think that would be nice. I would love to see them kind of move back to a format to where we are going to be playing our division rivals more often. I think it builds up those rivalries. It puts more passion in the sport. We've talked about that on plenty of different podcasts, Grumpy Old Man. We've talked about how everything is diluted, you know, with free agency and no longer playing teams as often as you had in the past. You know, rivalries kind of die down. They become a little diluted. I think, though, when we're talking about strength of schedule-wise, Adding the Boston Bruins and the Buffalo Sabers, I think, is uh, it's going to make the season a little bit tougher when we're going to be losing, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes. I mean, there's going to be less travel, uh, but in the same token, I think it's going to be a little bit of a harder schedule for us. Uh, absolutely, uh, like I said, some certain teams are going to benefit from the shorter season, 52 to 56 games, is what they said, um, and I think that we benefit from that. But so does Boston. Boston's an older team, too, uh, and a lot of people forget before the shutdown uh, in the spring, Boston was the best team in the league. I mean, they were head, they were better than Tampa, they, and then they came back and they were kind of flat and things didn't work out, but Boston's going to be a team that benefits being older, so are we. But you look at who's going to be in our division, right, for playoff spots, and I don't know how they're even going to do playoff spots. Are they going to do just four from each division? I mean, that would seem like kind of fair. Uh, but if you look at our division, you're looking at probably Boston, Washington, uh, us, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. I mean, those have to be your favorites, don't they? Uh, yeah, Grumpy. I was about to say, when you're looking at our division, it's – man, oh, man. I mean, like Boston definitely – I mean, they're on the cusp of still being elite. I think the Boston Bruins definitely are elite. I think when they did go ahead and come back 
um, from the break. I think that did break up their momentum because people forget before you know the uh, the break and the hiatus and the NHL playoffs. The Boston Bruins, I think, had the best record in all of hockey. Grumpy old man, is that true? Hundred percent accurate. They were the favorites to win the cup. Absolutely, they were the favorites to win the cup. Then well, they had the hiatus, and they came back, and it wasn't the same. They treated the uh, playing games, so to speak, uh, to qualify where we had to win some of those games. They didn't have to, and they treated it like a, a spring training or a preseason, and they never really caught fire. So it is what it is, but they did play well in the first round of the playoffs and then got beat in the second round. Uh, yeah, Grump, but, I mean, to get back to answering your question, um, I, I don't think the Pittsburgh Penguins are really a big threat. And I feel like I keep saying this year after year, but I think we're going to see them start to dwindle a little bit, right? I mean, Crosby and Malkin aren't getting younger anytime soon. Um, and neither is Chris Letang. I, you know, with the Penguins, I think, you know, they have a finite window, right? That's a team that has to be must in win-now mode. Uh, I think they, they do benefit, though, from a shorter season, right? When we talk about the teams that benefit from a shorter season, I think teams that have older players do benefit from shorter seasons. And teams that have not had a whole lot of turnover are going to benefit. Teams where the system has been in place for a while are going to benefit. That's really good for us. It's good for Boston also, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Washington has a new coach, so you don't know how how soon. I think Laviolette's their coach now, isn't he? Um, But they're going to be a little transition period for them for certain. Uh, it'll be interesting. It really will. I think the Flyers are going to play well. I mean, they certainly ended the season pretty well. And the fact that we beat them in the playoffs, well, hey, nothing better than that, honestly. Uh, well, I know you hate the Flyers, grumpy old man. I will tell you this, though. Um, all Islander fans hate the Rangers. That's a team that I think is they're on the cusp to start being, again, contenders to make the playoffs on a year-in, year-out basis. I mean, that's a team when we saw when Shesterkin was healthy in net, that was a you know, that was a goalie that was really hard to get the puck across. And you're talking about those shortened seasons. I mean, that is a team with a lot of offensive power, and you wonder how they're gonna do over that shortened time period. Well, the one thing they're still young though. So I don't think this will be the year for them. And like I said, I, I don't I haven't heard exactly how they're gonna do the playoffs, if it's just gonna be four from each conference, which honestly I think uh, from each division, which I think would be fair to be honest with you. Um I mean, I still don't know all the particulars, but uh, I would I would love – I don't think the Rangers are ready. I just don't. And I think the, the young teams are going to struggle. The teams that have new coaches are going to struggle, at least initially. Uh, the veteran teams and the teams with systems in place, those are going to be the teams that succeed, particularly early. And you can't – here's the thing. If you fall behind 10 points, you're, you're done. You're cooked. You are cooked. I, yeah, grumpy old man. If if you have any type of um, if you have any type of time period throughout the season where you go through a real dip and you're struggling, I mean that that, that might put a fork in the rest of your season. You might be cooked for certain. Uh, grumpy, we do have a comment here from Bro. She says, "Where uh, where's your Canucks shirt, Grumpy?" I don't wear the same shirts every week. I try to change them up every week to keep everyone guessing. I could have worn the Canucks shirt today. Matter of fact, I was even thinking about wearing an old Bill Guerin Devils jersey today. I might whip that out and wear that next week. Who knows? I was thinking about wearing a Johan Cruyff uh, Holland national team jersey. For anyone, uh, here's the thing. Johan Cruyff was an absolutely sensational soccer player back in the 1970s uh, playing uh, – Barcelona. The, well – his 
Ajax and the Dutch national team is where he made his bones uh, playing the total football style that was uh, put in place there by Rune Michaels. And uh, then he took it to Barcelona. And the, the ticky-tack style that the Barcelona Football Club plays today, well, maybe not today, but uh, maybe five years ago, um, was put in place by Johan Cruyff for certain. And he's, he's a legend. He's a legend. Uh, well, a legend. Yeah, I mean, I think they have – I think the stadium in Ajax is named after him, if I do recall. I might be wrong. I think I, I think Johan Cruyff has a stadium named after him. I'm not sure off the top of my head, grumpy old man. Uh, Scott Levy says the big issues for the Rangers is their defense. Uh, yeah, I, they did struggle a little bit on the defensive side of the puck last season. Um, go ahead, Grumpy. Yeah, and just think about that, right? They brought in some new pieces to play on the defense. It's going to take a while for those guys to gel together. And when you're only playing 50 some odd games as opposed to, you know, 82, uh, you know, you kind of, it's going to be a struggle for a lot of teams that have a lot of new players are going to struggle. The one benefit, there wasn't a whole lot of player movement this year, uh, but teams that added defensive uh, help, they're going to struggle a little bit more because I think that's more of a team effort for most part and learning your partner. So, I mean, scoring, you know, a little bit different, uh, just talent can get you by there, but defense is, is different. It's a whole different animal. Yeah, grumpy old man. I think you do make a good point there. Um, and I'll tell you, right? I think the Western Conference, because of the way they did it, you know, Toronto, or I guess up in um, in Canada, they're going to have their own division. Um, so I mean, that's going to be a lot. Of, that's going to be a lot of travel up there in Canada. I mean, you're going to be going east coast to west coast sometimes. I mean, that's that could be a lot of travel. So it'll be interesting to see how they actually do the schedule and how many uh, how many games you're going to see, uh, or what or what the actual schedule is going to look like. If they're going to be playing, you know, hey, we're making our west coast trip here. Uh, how often you got to go to the middle of the country as well? And it's going to be interesting to see how that works out, bro. I mean, as we get closer to the season, I know we're going to do a um, a prediction episode. Uh, but I, I I think Canadian a Canadian division is fantastic. I absolutely love that. Hockey night in Canada is going to be going crazy every single week. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. The Battle of Alberta, I assume, is going to have to also get ramped up. I mean, last year we saw some real grit and fight in the Battle of Alberta, right, Grumpy? I think it was Kachuk was, you know, picking fights over there and against Edmonton. Um, so it's – I'll tell you, I, I'm looking forward to that specific rivalry definitely being heightened. Yeah, I, I mean, that's always a good one uh, for certain. has been for a number of years. But, I mean, just think about it, Toronto and Montreal, right? I mean, you got Ottawa in there. And then you got, uh, you know, I, I mean, I just, I just think it's going to be great. I think hockey's, it's going to be different this year. Uh, it's going to be a sprint to the finish, honestly. I mean, it, that's, that's what the whole season's going to be. When you're only playing 52 to 56 games, every game means so much more. And especially if they're only playing within divisions, man, oh man. I mean, you're going to see some real hatred going on by the end of the year. Uh, most certainly, again, and, and all those games are going to mean a lot more than they did in the past, right? And when you're playing those, you're going to see that resentment build up. I hope you see more fights in hockey again. I'm not one of those. I'm not in the crowd, grumpy old man, where they want to take fighting on hockey. There's some fans who are like that. I'm not one of those particular fans. Um, <laughs> not me. I love the fights. And here's the thing. Anyone who doesn't love fighting, go to a game, and if there's a fight, what are you doing? Are you sitting on your hands? Oh, no, it's terrible. No, you're going to be up there yelling and screaming. Absolutely you are. There's there's nothing like a hockey fight. That's all I have to say. Every sport should have them, I think. 
<laughs> well, it does it does stop some of the chippiness. Well, I won't say it stops some of the chippiness and actually kind of encourages some of the chippiness in between the whistles. But again, it, do, it does add a little bit of enthusiasm to the games, I think, for certain. What fighting does, it takes away the cheap shots and the chippy play that lead to fights. That's what it does. Because when you have policemen out there uh, to referee that stuff, you don't even need a referee. Guys know how far they can go. And you don't, when you don't allow fighting or you – I'm going to use the term goons because if you're playing in the NHL, I mean, all right, you could be a goon, but you can still play a little bit. But the whole thing is if you have that deterrent out there, you don't see guys get away with certain things on players. You just don't see it. Now, that said, today's players really – you know, how much of that do you see? You got Marchant doing it. Uh, you know, a couple of Kachuk does it a little bit. Guys who get under the skin. Oh, but not, not like in the olden days. You had plenty of guys like that. Uh, now, when you say Kachuk does it a little bit, grumpy old man, I think Kachuk is the new. <laughs> he's going to be the guy who's going to be the new Brad Marchant, except he's much more physically built. He's a lot bigger and taller and stronger than Marchant is. I'd take him on my team in a second. Cal Clutterbuck is that guy for us, right? I mean, let's be honest. Not like he was in Minnesota, certainly, or his early years with the Islanders. But I remember I hated when he played for Minnesota against us because he was always agitating. Uh, but guys like that, they could they could do it a little bit, but not too much because you had the the big physical guys who you know not afraid to drop the gloves. Not like that. Uh, yeah, Grom, and and I'll tell you though, it's it's going to be interesting in a few different ways, right? We, I'll be interested to see what happens with Boston. Boston, and again, I, I hate to harp too much on Boston, right? But their team, where what's their window look like, right? Tukaras certainly isn't getting any younger. Do I mean Yaroslav Halak has had two great seasons for the Bruins? You know, the last two years, um, their defense is pretty solid. You know, Pasternak is continuing to improve. He's continuing, to, you know, to step in his own. And then when you look at it on the other side, right? Patrice Bergeron's getting up there in age. Brad Marchand's getting up there in age. Um, so, and again, David Krejci's getting up there in age. It's interesting to see how that will affect them long term this season. They're going to win the division, okay? So that, that's 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 I'm just telling you right now. That's my prediction. They're going to win the division, and the fact that it's 52 to 56 games is really going to benefit them. It just is. They're a rock solid team with the and Cassidy's a really good coach. Um, they're going to be right in the hunt, right in the hunt. And here's the thing, they absolutely own us. So, Yeah, yeah. again, I, you know, I wouldn't say they absolutely own us. I think they're, they're a team that's – I think they're bigger than us, certainly. And when you have a team that's bigger than you and kind of plays a similar style to where, you know, they're going to – they win based off of talent as well as effort. You know, they're not one of those teams that they say, hey, we're going to be playing fire engine style hockey. We're scoring seven goals a night like they do in Edmonton when they have that style where, the, you know, they're defensively conscious, but they also put a lot of effort in. They do have that offensive acumen. Those are tough teams to beat no matter who you're playing against. I'm just wondering if, you know, as these players continue age, when does Patrice Bergeron start to fall off? When do we see Krejci fall off? When do you see guys, you know, like Brad Marshall, when do those players start to fall off? That's all. I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's next year. I'm just saying it's an interesting team to look at. They're, they're another team, Grumpy Old Man, where I feel like possibly their window, you know, might be, you know, slimming down a little bit. Well, it doesn't matter because the only thing I care about the Boston Bruins is this year because it's the only year they're going to be in our division. Um, you know, come next season, they're going to be back to going back to, you know, the other division that they were in. So, I mean, unless the NHL finds that this is so successful and people love it, that they, they decide to go with this. Uh, 
you know, that's just what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you one team that is absolutely ecstatic that the Boston Bruins are playing in the Islanders division, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because they <laughs> cannot beat Boston, period. Yeah, I was about to say, Grumpy Old Man, I'm sure the Toronto Maple Leafs are elated that they're not – I mean, like, Toronto has to be elated. They get rid of the Tampa Bay Lightning out of their division, and they also get rid of the Boston Bruins. I mean, those are two elite teams. The Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning are two, you know, no argument top ten teams in the NHL. You could argue, yeah, they're probably two top five teams in the NHL too. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they were the two best teams in the league last year. I mean, Boston before the before the hiatus, and then Tampa Bay the rest of the way. And, you know, you look at Toronto now in that Canadian division, can you not say that they're the favorite to win that division? I mean, I, you know, I don't know if they're going to let fans in the stands at any point this year. I would hope they would, particularly come the playoffs. But – you know, think about the home ice advantage that Toronto would have, particularly – I'm just interested to see how – I know they haven't ironed everything out yet, but how the playoffs are going to happen and uh, and all that stuff. That's what I'm interested to see. But I, I think, think, I think yeah. Grumpy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be four teams from each division, I think is what it might look like. Or maybe, maybe they're going to have three teams from each division and then they're going to have some sort of, you know, the wild card put into play, something like that I could see maybe. Well – I this is this is what I'd love to see. Teams only play teams within their division for the year. Oh man, I'm talk, I mean, talk about the physicality that gets ramped up because the more you play a team, the more that you hate them. And if you're playing these teams, uh, you know, every other night, every night, uh, it just breeds up that hatred. Um, so, and if they do play, I think four teams from division should be the way they should go. Also, absolutely. And I'll tell you, right, how many times do you hear throughout broadcasts and throughout the NHL season, um, you know, a player gets hit, you know, something happens towards the end of the game, and there's some chippiness going on, and they talk, oh, you know, XYZ player, he's got a long memory. You know, in this scenario, Grumpy Old Man, you don't have to have such a long memory anymore because, <laughs> because you're going to be playing teams much more often. Think about what the playoffs are, right? When the, when the playoff series starts, it's a little bit more friendly, but by the end – Man, these guys are going at it. And it's like they say, familiarity breeds contempt. And that's what I think you're going to see in this NHL series uh, season. I think the fans are going to absolutely love it. Uh, I did want to bring one thing up, though. I don't know if you heard earlier in the week before uh, the players and uh, owners got together and said, yes, we're going to have a season. Um, there was some scuttlebutt going on that there was a certain ownership cartel led by, well, not led by, but including uh, Boston's uh, Mr. Jacobs, who were saying that maybe they shouldn't play this year because they didn't really read the contract that they had with the players for the last offseason. They were upset. And the first thing I thought was, okay, the NHL is not the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball where you can, uh, you know, where you have such big TV deals that you can take time off. I, I think it would absolutely kill the sport. And then right after that report came out the next day, they had this uh, tentative agreement on what was going on. And I think it was a smart thing. Uh, obviously, that group, which included uh, Jeremy Jacobs, uh, they lost. I got to think some of the younger owners, um, uh, you know, said, you know what, hey, 
this, you know, we can't kill our sport. And I think the main crux of the battle, like I said, was that Bettman kind of negotiated that deal with, with the players as opposed to bringing it to the ownership. And, and again, like you look at a lot of the arguments, there were, there were a handful of teams that are owners who didn't necessarily or didn't disagree with possibly not having an NHL season this year. When they're looking at the bottom line, they're looking at how much, you know, operations would impact without actually having fans in a stance. It wouldn't be cutting a huge margin. So they said, you know, maybe it is worth going ahead and, and possibly not even, not even having a, a season this year. And you, I think you brought it up well, Grump. Um, the NHL is not a sport where that would, that would be viable for them long-term, right? I mean, you saw the impact – the lot or the lockout had on us, you know, many years ago. And you're right. We don't have big TV deals to where, you know, even if something like that were to happen, I think it would negatively impact us long-term. We do have a comment here from Scott also saying, he says, now that the league's agreeing to a 50, a 56 game uh, schedule to start uh, and start date, how much longer will Lou wait to announce the bars all signing? Let's see. Hmm. Let's see. If the season starts a month from now, I'm figuring 24 days or 25 days. He'll announce it just before the season. And I'll tell you, Grumpy, um, doesn't really matter when he announces that. I, I like. I'm not too worried about them not being able to sign back Matt Barzal. I'm really not. Uh, I do think we are going to make a few moves before the start of the actual regular season and the start possibly of, uh, you know, training camp there in, on January 1st. So I think the trade that we made for Timisov will not be the last move the Islanders make before the actual start of the regular season. Now, what I would like to see, and I could see the Timisov deal making sense if we wound up dumping some of our dead wood uh, by burying them in the minors and say you're not going to play the Komarovs, the lads. I think I think lads going to get put on long term injury. I really do. Um, you know, then maybe we can extend Bavillier Pellick in particular. Uh, you know, going into the season, maybe restructure their deal. Uh, I don't know, but something like that, so we can bury. Uh, you know, if we bury those guys on long term injury, as well as Johnny being on that, uh, maybe we can be a little bit proactive for a change in signing our young players back. I know, I know, it's a pipe dream. I understand, but. I think I really thought when they traded for Timisoff, I thought that is your replacement for Uncle Leo. I really did, grumpy old man. Um, and calling me crazy, I think he's going to be one of the guys that will be moved in some capacity, right? He was a healthy scratch at the end of the season, and he was pretty much a healthy scratch there for a large portion of the playoffs. I think, you know, if you're looking at a guy like that, I think Leo Komarov, you know, they might try to deal him elsewhere if they can, you know, you know, provide some draft capital to trade him away. Grumpy old man. I do think, though, that Timisoff might be a guy that they're eyeing possibly as a replacement for Uncle Leo. Well, that's fine. But to me, Komarov isn't, isn't even a starter on this. For me, he's not. I mean, uh, Trotz likes him, but he's finished. He's cooked. He's toast. Hold, hold on. You said Trotz liked him. Trotz benched him effectively, you know, towards the end of the season. He was a healthy scratch. And even in the playoffs, I mean, he was a healthy scratch, right? If we're looking at the depth the Islanders have, could you honestly sit back, grumpy old man, and say, I'm happy if, you know, Michael Del Cole is a guy who we have to rely upon there? You know, let's say Kiefer Bellos does get his shot. You know, he gets banged up or injuries do happen. Do you feel comfortable with a Michael Del Cole only having a Michael Del Cole and a Ross Johnson to put in there? 
Well, you also have Oliver Wallstrom who come up and play that role too. I mean, we have a, let the young guys play. I mean, the whole thing with Kamrov, he did play in the playoffs. He didn't deserve it. I mean, it looked like he was hauling an ice wagon on his back. I mean, he was absolutely terrible. He could anytime he had the puck, it was falling off his stick, and somehow he was in the lineup an awful lot for a guy who's just finished. I mean, uh, what I'd like to see them do with him is just dump him in the minors for the whole year. That's it. And you know what? Maybe he can teach. You know, he was brought in here, right, to be a veteran presence for the team, uh, you know, to give them some leadership. Well, you know what? He can do that in the minors now because they, we don't need it on the big team anymore. we got plenty of those guys. Put him in the minors and maybe transition him to an assistant coach role too. I mean, why not? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Grump. I, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens with that, but I think it's fair to say that the Islanders are nowhere near close to done with what we are to expect move and transaction-wise this offseason. Well, unless there's subtractions, we're not making any additions. We have not made an addition this offseason. Uh, we brought in Timisoff, grumpy old man. That's an addition. A guy who's played five games in the NHL. Okay. No, 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 no. He's played more than five games, grumpy. He played the year. He's grumpy. He's played like close to fifty games in the NHL total. And he's twenty-five years old. You know what that tells me? He sucks. That's twenty-four. Oh, oh, grump, 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 grump. You are so judgmental, grumpy old man. Remember, Johnny Boychuk played close to 300 games in the A before he was a consistent, regular guy in the NHL. I'm not saying this is Johnny Boychuk. I'm just saying, grumpy old man. I'm not going to say the guy sucks because I want to ask you, Grump, have you done much research and much you know, video analysis of uh, Dimitro Titansoff? None. None at all. But I know if we were trading for somebody that he's a bottom line, he's a bottom pairing ham and egger because that's all we make deals for. I will say he's not a guy that I'm writing home about or anything like that. He's not a guy I'm saying, yes, he's going to be a top six forward. But I'm not going to say, you know, I, I'm not going to go ahead and say it's a waste, Grumpy. Well, I will say, you know, I did read something on him today that he's not a good skater. So potentially he could play with Anders Lee. Like that might have been because he can't skate either. Field, man. We do have a comment here from Brush also saying here, losing no rush to announce the Barzal signing. He could wait till the night uh, before. Some Islander fans are impatient. I will say, you know, that's true. I will also say um, Lou Lamarillo keeps a lot of things close to the vest. He does, and that's what he has the rep for doing. So it would not shock me at all if it's just out of the blue one day saying, hey, Matt Barzal signed. <laughs> It's not. I don't expect there to be any precursors, and that's why I was really shocked, Grumpy. I don't want to get too much off on a tangent, but I was really shocked when they had talked about, you know, Johnny Boychuk being traded. I really thought that was a hundred percent lock. I think you know him retiring, you know, it worked out best for us. But in the same token, when there was news being leaked that you know they're pretty close, the the acquisition here of these two pieces of draft capital is the reason why they're they need. You need to go ahead and offload Johnny Boychuk, and they're going to use that. I really thought that was a done deal, but I was wrong. And so were many other. But who was right? Who was right? Do you remember who was right on that? You can oh. say it. You can say it. Everyone knows it's me. I told you they weren't going to do anything, and they haven't done anything. Hold, hold on, Grump. This, the the offseason's not over. And I will say this much. They did do things, Grumpy. They traded away Devon Taves and brought in Dimitro Tipsoff. So those are two things they did this offseason. I, what I said was they weren't going to offload any of those contracts, which they didn't. The only thing they did was give up on a young top four defenseman because they mismanaged the cap. Yes, I'm going there again. Uh, that's the only reason you had. And then you bring in some other, some ham and egg or hack who played for the Toronto Marlies and 
well, he did play a couple of games for the worst team on record since the Washington Capitals, the Detroit Red Wings, but he wasn't even good enough to play up there for the whole season. So, you know, it is what it is. But I told you, and all these people, oh, don't panic, grumpy old man. We're going to make moves. No, we're not making any moves. Not anything that's going to substantially change this team except for make it worse, which was trading Devontae's. Anytime that you're giving more minutes to Nick Letty at this stage of his career, that's a minus. Uh, all I can hope is that Noah Dobson is ready to step up. That's all oh, I can hope. Grumpy, I will tell you this much, right? Corey Promen came out and said that he, he thinks that, and this was last year, uh, before I'm sorry, this was before the 2019-2020 season, that he thinks Timisov does have offensive talent, that he can grow into a role and as a consistent NHLer. Grump, I'm not saying he's the next Wayne Gretzky, grumpy old man, but I'm saying to think that we made a trade just to go ahead and stash him down in the minors. I, I, I'm just not 100% in agreement with that, grumpy old man. I think we're going to see move by the Islanders organization, as I have supported since day one this offseason. I think we're going to see more moves. And I think Timisoff will have a role in some capacity on the Islanders. And if not on the Islanders, he's going to be your first reserve coming from Bridgeport to the Islanders organization. So again, we do have a lot of depth. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think there's a, there's a method and a reason for this trade. He's not even the next Brent Gretzky. All right. I mean, I, I, come on. If you're expecting anything out of this guy, I think you're making a mistake. He's nothing. He's, he's the Matt Lurito of this year. Oh yeah. We're going to put him down in the A. He's going to do good in the A, but you know what? He's not going to make a difference on this team. He's just not. I mean, maybe he'll fill in every once in a while. He's a depth piece. Nothing that's going to make a difference on this team. What this team needs is top six, particularly top three forwards, and we haven't done anything to rectify that situation, and we're not. Hmm. Period. Just like, just like I said, oh, those many months ago when everyone was telling the grumpy old man is stupid, the grumpy old man doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, the grumpy old man, be patient, grumpy old man, be patient. At my age, I can't afford to be patient. You got to start making some moves. I'm not looking ten years down the line. I'm looking about this season. Grump, is there some news you have to tell us that you're not looking to be patient, Grumpy, at your age? Is there something you want to tell us here on the podcast? Yeah, that I'm a better GM than Lula Marilla. No, oh, stop, Grumpy old man. Stop. I'll tell you. Um, and again, you know, he posted good numbers throughout. You know, when he played for the Toronto Marlies, he posted good numbers. I, I'm going to put it to you like this, Grumpy old man. I think he. I think he is going to be a consistent player in the NHL. I think, again, as I'll state before we move to a different topic, I think he will go ahead and make an impact. He'll probably be a bottom six guy. In the same token, though, Grumpy Old Man, there's a reason we traded for him. I don't think we're just going to stash him away down there in Bridgeport. I think there are going to be moves the Islanders make where they will utilize him. Okay. All I have to say is he averages, what, like half a point a game down in the A? Isn't that what Kiefer Bellows does? Well, here's my thing, Grump, right? To play devil's advocate, you're excited to see Kiefer Bellows. What's the difference? I mean, he played he played on a bot he played, you know, he played bottom six minutes there in Toronto in the same exact thing. He only played, I think, five games there uh for the Red Wings last season. But you know, they, he was just claimed um off essentially the waivers there before he just he was just claimed when they tried to go ahead and move him down there to the Toronto Marlies. So I, I'll put it like this. Maybe he's gonna thrive. In the Barry Trot system, I have no idea, Grumpy. I cannot speak with 100% validity. I have not watched too much Timisoff film. I, neither have you. So I'm going to reserve judgment, Grumpy. I, I think there is a reason they brought him in, though. 
I'm just going to say you're you're comparing him to Kiefer Bellows. I don't compare him to Kiefer Bellows. Kiefer Bellows is a man size guy. He's a little panty weight. What's he? Five ten, one hundred and seventy pounds. He's and he can't skate. He, he's he's five foot eleven. Yeah, Kiefer Bellows is a different style of player. Kiefer Bellows is more of a power forward, grumpy old man. He's what is he? Kiefer Bellows six one, six two. Yep. Yeah. So again, the different styles, grumpy old man. But again, you have to have players who fill different roles on your team. I don't want to continue beating it too much. I, I think this is a trade that was mostly a depth move. I don't think it's going to be anything that you know really helps alter the uh, the shape of the franchise or anything like that or the organization. But I think this was a depth move that helps add to the Islanders this season. I know why you don't want to talk about it because it's a losing battle for you, but that's fine. We'll move on to something else. Everyone knows that I'm right and you're wrong because I'm always proven right. Grumpy, I have there. Brush is giving us all the lists of the stats here um, that (laughs) that Timosov was that Grumpy. Let's see it. I'm interested. I'll bite. Yeah, grumpy old man. Uh, forty nine or forty or forty nine points in fifty six games. One year in the Marlies. He also won a Collar Cup with the Marlies. Shall I keep going, grumpy old man? Yes, because uh, you can cherry pick one year. The Marlies were a good team, and uh, I just, I don't, I just. I just don't think this is going to move the needle at all for the Islanders. Long story short, he's not moving the needle for the Islanders. Well, that's that's different. That's different, Grumpy, right? You come on here using hyperbolic speech of, oh, he's not going to do this, he's this, he's that. I think, well, you, number one, think he's just going to be stashed away in Bridgeport is what you said a minute ago. I think he's going to have – he'll have a role for the Islanders this year. He'll start the year in Bridgeport. That I can tell you. He'll start the year in Bridgeport. Okay. Well, we'll have to just re. We'll have to go ahead and reconvene on that topic later on. He might. He might start off. Maybe they wanted to go ahead and learn the Barry Trot system. Maybe it might take a while. I don't know. I don't think long term he's going to be the option of Bridgeport. I think he will play. How about this, Grump? I think he will have more games for the New York Islanders if healthy than he does for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers next season. No, I'll disagree with that because I think even if he's up with the big, and we don't know what the roster size is going to be or anything like that. But I think games played, I don't think he's going to play a whole lot of games. I, I just don't see it. We have too, too many guys in front of him. I mean, if he was that good, somebody else would have traded a bag of pucks for him, right? <laughs> well, I will say, you know, I guess I'm in the camp that maybe Lou has knowledge of something that we don't. Because remember, he was – I know he didn't particularly draft him. He was technically the general manager at the time period, but he didn't actually conduct the draft. But maybe he knows something we don't. I will say this, Grump. Maybe it was a little bit of a, a rash statement for me or a, a little bit of a preemptive statement for me to go ahead and say that. Because you're right. We don't know what the roster size is going to look like. We don't know what the taxi service is going to look like. I do think, though, he will have an impact for the Islanders on a bottom six role. Not a big one, but still he will have an impact. We also have a comment here from Scott Grumpy Old Man saying Matt, Packer, Matt Pacioretty's name is out there in trade rumors, and the Islanders are the teams that are being mentioned. Would you want Max Pacioretty? I wouldn't because he's 30 years old and not getting younger. I can tell you one thing. I I'm, I promise you Grumpy probably exactly agrees with you. <laughs> um, I don't know when his contract is up. I did read. I did read something about Pacioretty, and the, it did mention his contract status, but I don't remember it now. Uh, Max Pacioretty is the type of player we need, honestly, to play with Barzal. But he's one of those older guys. Do we need to get older? He makes quite a bit of money too. So you know, what are you going to have to give up to get him? Well, Grump. Max Pacioretty, just to go ahead and pull it up here for you, he's got three years still left on his contract, about an average cap hit of $7 million a year. So 
I don't know. We would really have to be able to free up some cap space. And if we're talking long term, I think we finally got ourselves in a position where we can feel a little comfortable with the cap, um, especially with the expansion draft next season, grumpy old man. And I, I'm just not sure we would go ahead and make a stab after a guy like Matt Pacioretty just because you're right, he's a little older and he does still have three years left on his contract. That would add another 30-year-old to our roster that has you know multiple years still left on the contract. But see, I think he's a fit for what we do. Particularly with Barzal, I think he's a fit. He's a better fit than Anders Lee is with Matt Barzal. Uh, you know, but and here's the thing: he'll be 33 when his contract is up. You know what? If you can get him on the cheap and off, you're going to have to get rid of somebody. I mean, that's the whole, unless you know you get rid of, uh, you know, you dump Lad on long-term injury, you dump the other guys in the minors. Maybe that frees up enough money for him. I don't know. Uh, I haven't done the math, but uh, you know, the whole thing is. Unless we move a top six forward out, how are we going to move a top six forward in? You're going to have to move one of those top six forward unless you put, um, you know, unless you put Bailey on the third line. I mean, you know, I, that's the only way you could do it. You'd have to move Bailey down because I, I think Bailey is a Swiss. You know, I, everybody knows that I dump on Josh Bailey, but he is a Swiss Army knife. I don't think he's a top line guy. I don't even think he's a second line guy, but I think he'd be a fantastic third line guy which I always thought was where he would perform the best, who could bring some offense uh, to your team. But, I mean, Pacioretty, Pacioretty uh, I think, would fit nicely with Barzal. I, really do. I, like, I like how you throw those caveats, those little tiny small jabs. He'll bring some offense to the table. For, he'd, be, he'd, he'd certainly bring more offense than your typical third-line player. I mean, yes. He, if he, now, here's the thing. What's he been scoring the last couple of years? Like 50 points a year, a couple of years, 60. So if he's playing on third line, he's bringing 40. I mean, especially with Pajot. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know how it works monetarily. Um, but I would not be opposed to that move since he's got three years left on his deal. If it was a one-year deal rental or and you have to resign him, that's a big no. But three years, that's fine. I'll take him for three years and then cut him loose. Okay, grumpy old man. Uh, definitely, I was not expecting that was going to be your response. Here we go. And now this is, again, talking a little bit further about Timisoff. Bruce also comments here. He was a fifth-round pick selected there by Toronto. Uh, Lou was technically the general manager, as we mentioned. Um, he didn't actually control the draft, from my knowledge. At least that's what Andrew Gross went ahead and posted and kind of tweeted out there. Um, I did not know he played with Anthony Bavillier in the in the queue. I didn't know that. On the first line, he put up 149 points there in two years. Now, when he did play with Bavillier, I believe he was overage, though. I, I, don't, I think he was, or maybe he was the year after his draft class year. It wasn't of his draft class. Or maybe he played one year. He played with Bavillier. He was a draft class year. The second year, technically, he was overage. But he did put up a lot of points there with Bavillier. Um, grumpy old man. Yeah. Uh, so what? I mean, you know, to me, I, I you, you know, I read, I read that too. I read that tweet, and it's like, okay, but what he left out is the fact that he can't skate. If you can't skate in this league, you can't play, and that's just the way I feel with it. He can't skate. I mean, he's not a good skater, and he's small. I, well, I will say this though, right? When you talk, I, and again, I just I, think that might also be. I just, I just find it interesting that people want to put any eggs in the Timisov basket. That's all. Um, I, I will tell you this, Grumpy. I think, again, it just 
I think it further proves that maybe he's going to play a little bit of a larger role than you think, right? He does have a little chemistry with Anthony Bavillier, right? He was a linemate with him for two seasons. Again, I don't think he's going to light the world on fire or be Wayne Gretzky, but I want to kind of migrate away from him a little bit. We also have, do have a comment here from Jack. Uh, number one, I just want to let you know, Grumpy Old Man, because this I'm sure is going to trigger you. Um, he starts off by saying, in lieu we trust, uh, Grumpy Old Man, I know how much you love those comments. And then right after that, he says, Hoffman's name's being mentioned as well there for possibly being a part of the Islanders. Uh, what realistic chance do you think we have to get him, Grumpy Old Man? I'll tell you this much, Grumpy. What are initial reactions here for you? What are you doing over there, Grumpy? You're drinking all weird. What's going on? I'm drinking the Lou Lamarillo Kool-Aid. Well, actually, Jack should be doing that. <laughs> That's what it is. It's the Lou Lamarillo Kool-Aid that he's been drinking. That's fine. You know what? Like I said, I don't know how old Jack is. Uh, I have to assume that he's one of the younger members of our podcast that, you know, has known the Islanders to be perpetual losers, where that's not me, or doesn't matter the Lamarillo when he was a really good GM 25 years ago. Um, you know, that's just not the case anymore. And I don't dislike Lou Lamarillo. And he's brought stability to the franchise. He brought in Barry Trotz, which I thought was his best move, honestly. But we haven't really improved the team a whole lot. So, I mean, pretty much the same basic cast of characters that we have. And as anyone who's watching the, the live stream can see, TJ is po uh, he's posed because he's not one of those guys who could, like, strike a pose like Vogue, Vogue like Madonna. He can't do that. So I'm just going to keep on rambling, which is what I do best. Um, I, as opposed to Hoffman, uh, I, I just don't know if – I'd rather have Pacioretty, honestly, than Hoffman. Let's Hoffman's going to take a one-year deal, but it would have to be pretty cheap. I just think that uh, Pacioretty is a better player than Hoffman uh, overall. But if Hoffman comes in on the cheap, I have no problem with it. There's, we're still going to have to dump some – we've still got to dump some salary, and that's the key. And I think you're going to see Ladd on long-term injury for certain to start, and you're going to see some guys buried in the minors for and probably Kimisov, too. <laughs> Stop, grumpy old man. Can I say this much, though? I love the little <laughs> the little exaggerated drink there. Pretend like you're drinking from the Lou Lamarillo Kool-Aid. Again, I don't... <laughs> I don't agree with your thought process there, but I thought it was I thought it was funny. Uh <laughs> I know I know you don't agree with the process because you're one of those Pollyanna Islander fans. Everything's always Timosov. Oh, oh, look at that. We got Tom Timosov. I mean, did you even know who Timosov was two days ago? The answer is no. That's that's correct, Grumpy Old Man. I didn't know who Timosov is. And again, just like I said before, I think I do a pretty I think I do a pretty real – I think I took a pretty realistic look at it, grumpy old man. Um, I will tell you this much, though. I, again, I'm not, I'm not coming in with crazy expectations for him, Grump, but I like to try to pretend like I'm, I'm almost like an arbiter, right? I look at it. I say, he's not going to be a crazy addition. He's going to be a guy who adds depth, right, grumpy? He's a depth piece. I, I'm just not willing to say, ah, throw him down there in Bridgeport, right? I, uh, just I like you, I, I – <laughs> I didn't say throw him down in Bridgeport. I said, that's where he's going to be. That's what I said. Hold on, Grump. Now now here, Jack responds here. I'm a relatively new fan from the United Kingdom, by the way. Well, Jack, I'm so glad you're listening. Uh, I want to I go over to the UK. I've never been there, and I want to go there. I want to do a, a soccer tour. I want to go watch a bunch of Premier League games and even some uh, Champions League. I just think it's great. I love I love – well, actually, I'm a Real Madrid fan soccer-wise and a Cristiano fan for certain. Uh, I hate Barcelona, 
but uh, I do enjoy the English the English action action and uh, I, I guess if we ever go to the UK, uh, we got somewhere to stay with Jack, well, Jack Wolfman. <laughs> I was about to say, Jack makes the earlier segment when you were talking about Johan Cruyff and the soccer there, grumpy old man. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I've heard of him. I mean, anyway, I mean, I'm sure he's a young man. Just looking at his picture, he looks like a young man. Um, so, I mean, he's got more hair than I have and more than you too, TJ, for that matter. <laughs> I like Jack here. Says you can come over, just lose the grumpiness. Oh, grumpy, I love it. Yeah, let me tell you something. You'd be surprised how fun I am. I mean, <laughs> I'm the life of every party, honestly. I can tell you that much right now. Oh, he, can he can tell you the truth. I'm the I'm, coolest guy he knows. Oh, I'm not sure the coolest grumpy old man. But, yeah, I feel like he would have the uh, you would have the mentality to be like, oh, I'm the life of the party. Or at least that's what you think you are, so grumpy old man. So that's, that's what you think, at least. Hey, perception is reality, baby. That's the way I say it. Okay. Well, actually, we got a comment here from Scott, and I, you know, again, last little bit here on Timisoff. He says, you know, tons of players put up huge numbers in a queue. That's right. The queue usually is a league where that's again high offensive scoring, defense need not be applied, and goaltending not usually the best. I mean, you still get good goalies to come out of the queue sometimes, but it's known to be the league that usually it's easier to score and much easier to score in the queue than it is to score in the Ontario Hockey League. That's for sure. Um, in other Canadian leagues. So, you know, when you get up to the AHL, the NHL, you just can't cut the mustard. It's, it's again, I, realistic point, Grumpy. I think he's going to be a depth piece, a bottom six guy. He's not Wayne Gretzky, but he might play an important role for the Islanders this year as a bottom six player. Yeah, I'm just saying he's not even Brett Gretzky. So, you know, you keep on bringing up Wayne Gretzky with even talking about this guy. I, even in a negative context, I would, you, I would say you can't even say that he's – uh, well, I said Brett Gretzky. So, I mean, he played a uh, smattering of NHL games, too. Matter of fact, they're the highest-scoring brother duo in the history of the league. Uh, I think Wayne has all the points. So, you know, but I just I just find it funny that we're talking about Timisov. It just shows how we've done absolutely nothing this offseason when we're talking about Timisov. Uh, like I said, there's some guys who are 4A players, and, you know, all kidding aside uh, – He's going to have to learn how to play the defensive system, and I, I don't know what he does. I, points don't matter to me uh, for a guy like that, particularly when he's brought in as a depth piece. He's not brought in to play offense. If he can play the defensive style that they like on this team, he has a shot to play some games. If he doesn't, he won't. Mm, grumpy old man. Um, yeah, we're going to migrate away there because, uh, again, just like you mentioned, we really honestly probably don't know all that much about Timisoff yet. We'll have a better uh, understanding of what he brings to the table when we're able to watch some preseason action and we'll be able to see how he fits in the Barry Trot system. And, he, and until then, no real point to go ahead and try to speculate on what's going to happen, Grump. Right. If you really want to learn what he's all about, you can just watch Bridgeport next year. <laughs> the quick quips by the grumpy old man. I love it. Uh, I'll hold on. Grump, here you go. Scott says, actually, Grumpy, it's Brent Gretzky, not Brett. Well, you know what? I said Brent earlier, and I changed it to Brett this time because I wasn't quite sure what his name was. And here's the thing. It doesn't matter. He wasn't good enough for me to remember his name. I do remember <laughs> Wayne Gretzky, though. And I remember seeing him in his prime. I tell you what. I always say Wayne Gretzky never could have played for Lou Lamarillo because if you ever watch some old tapes, he used to ride guys, man. He'd have that stick around their waist, and they're dragging him down the ice. I mean, he played absolutely no defense. But I guess when you score, you know, 150, 160 points a year, it doesn't matter if you can play defense. 
Well, I'll tell you one thing. If Wayne Gretzky played in this, you know, the hockey environment that we have today, number one, I can promise you, he would be getting penalties called. He would be earning power plays nonstop when little taps on the wrist and hooks are now penalties. It wasn't like how it was back then, grumpy old man. But again, he also did benefit that from, uh, from that on the defensive side of the puck. Yeah, the goaltending is better now than it was then. You have the butterfly style, which was introduced by Patrick Waugh back in the 90s. Um, and Gretzky was still playing there, but certainly, uh, you know, everyone does it now. Uh, but here's the thing. He was a magician behind the net. Uh, you cannot deny his talent. He couldn't skate either. So there's something he had, Timisov has in, in common with him. Uh, but, you know, he had tremendous vision and he played with great players, which certainly was. Uh, yeah, Grumpy. And two minutes of pessimist sticking also says, for our Islanders meetup in San Diego, you guys are invited for sure, Grumpy old man. <laughs> I don't, think, I don't think they let me out of my state right now, so I won't be going to San Diego anytime soon. <laughs> I'm one of those evil states. <laughs> you know, you can't leave the state. I don't know what it is. Who knows? <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. I'd love, I'd love to, honestly, I, that's something when I retire, I want to do that. I want to go to Islander meetup groups because they're fun. And like I said, I, I just like to have a great time when I go on. Well, the funny thing is, Grumpy Old Man, at Islanders Meetup Group, that's actually where we met Mikey Ryan, who yeah. started the Islanders Meetup Groups, and now he's got a podcast, the Bar Down Breakdown Podcast. Oh, man, I, I butcher that name all the time, and I'm sure I did again. Uh, but, you know, he it's funny. We've met a lot of people at those Islander Meetup Groups, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, anytime we get to talk with Islander fans, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, without a doubt. Because I'll tell you what, if you're an Islander fan – there's certain things that you're not, first of all, you're not a bandwagon fan if you're an Islander fan. Absolutely not. Usually you've been raised to be an Islander fan from a young age. It's not like you say, oh, hey, I'm starting to watch the Boy, you know what? Those New York Islanders, man, that's the type of team that I want to see. You know, it's it's not because we're not flashy. We're lunch, we're lunch. It's a lunch pail team, and it's why I love them, honestly. Uh, you know, we've had great players in our time, uh, you know, going way back. But for the most part, the Islanders have always been a, a blue-collar, lunch pail team. And you just got to love that. And, and I will say this much. I know Bruce is also, again, he he also is the, the – uh, I know he founded the Drive for Five page. Um, so, again, on Facebook too. So we do have a lot of people grumpy. And I did not know this grumpy old man. Um, too much pessimist sticking. Now, you've we've been to the Carolina meetup before in October 2019. I'm not sure if you were at that one, Grump. I don't think I – yeah, I definitely wasn't at that one. But I know we had been back to a few of them, I think, with the original Raleigh. I think it was in Raleigh we had been to one, like a draft party in 2018. So we've been to a few of those Carolina meetups. Yeah, I think we. I think that was October of 2019, I believe. Yeah, I believe we were both at that one. Absolutely. Yeah, Grump. Um, well, not I 2000. Bought some, I bought some, like, tickets to get, you know, some Islander stuff, and all I got was a damn bagel. I didn't get anything. Spent like 20 bucks and didn't get anything. <laughs> the raffle. Yeah, yeah, the raise. I think it was for Thomas Grice's uh, foundation that he has there through Fort Bragg. We're going to miss Thomas Grice. I'm going to tell you right now. Solid, solid, solid citizen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah most certainly, grumpy old man. Um, well, I'll have to go back here. We've had some comments. I, I'll, long story short, Bruce wants to send you to the United Kingdom round trip. You could stay there for two to three years. I think it's so he doesn't have to listen to the grumpy old man anymore. Well, here's, the the, yeah, here's the thing. Bruce doesn't realize they have the internet in uh, England too. So I will be able to take part in the podcast. 
So, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, Bruce, Bruce is starting to talk like he's a Ranger fan. I'm questioning his intelligence. It's no, like, no, 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 no. Bruce, Bruce, I'm telling you, Bruce is the founder of Grumpy Old Man of the Drive for Five page on Facebook. Does okay. a great job. Him and, him and Tommy Baffy, I know, definitely do a good job with that group. Um, again, that's honestly the, the Drive for Five page there on Facebook is a group of individuals, Islander fans. Again, it's it's one of those, you know, anything goes type of groups, and that's how I like it. But I, I do like that page. I, I'm always a constant reader. And again, Bruce also says he was there at a Carolina meetup group as well. He went down there for the Islanders versus the Hurricane playoff game. Uh, I was not there for the playoff games. Um, I, I, I think work intervened. Uh, but I will say uh, that when things open up again, I will definitely do that again because I, I, I mean, it was fun. And like I said, Islander fans are just great people. They really are. Uh, and, you know, the drive for five. I remember the Sports Illustrated article that uh, the Sports Illustrated uh, magazine uh, that had the Isles Drive for Five on it the year that we wound up losing to Edmonton. It was just before the Stanley Cup Finals. And I remember I was disappointed. I didn't think we were going to lose to Edmonton, even though we were really, really banged up. And Edmonton was real good. I still thought we were going to beat them. Well, we didn't. I mean, that was that was really a taking off point, though, for the Oilers. I mean, think about it. I mean, that, <laughs> that and, and you've talked about it before on prior podcasts, Grumpy Old Man. You know, when what Wayne Gretzky was able to pick up from a prior loss to the Islanders years before and, and how that changed his mentality. You know, he said that when he noticed the Islanders won the Stanley Cup against them, I, they swept the Oilers, right? One time. Yeah. They uh, I, I I don't know maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't sweep them, but they won I mean, in a very convincing fashion. Yeah, I think it was four to one. I think it was four to one. But that's, that's what Gretzky said. He said after that series, you got to remember that was four consecutive cups. You're playing another season in essence. Um, and he said, you know, he walked by their dressing room and there was no celebrating, no champagne. They were just all you know banged up, and he realized, gosh, that's what it took to be a champion. And it uh, it certainly did. And the next year, they beat us. And I, I said, now here's the thing. How old was I then? Like 23, 24 years old. Uh, and at that point, I didn't think the Islanders would ever lose, you know? I mean, because they'd always been good from when I was, even when I was a kid. And like I said, when I first started watching them, uh, I don't, I mean, I remember the first year we lost a boatload of games. All I remember was us beating Boston 9 7 one game and uh, Eddie Westfall and guys like that. And I mean, when you start, I, I just I love and you know some of these franchises like the the Kraken and some of these new franchises. When you have kids who that's their first experience in hockey, those kids are fans for life. And that's how I became an Islander fan for life. I mean, I lived on Long Island, and you know we used to watch the Rangers uh, before the Islanders came in. But you know it's that age. You know you're 10, 11 years old. Uh, that's when you really start getting into sports. So starting to remember it anyway, and that's when the Islanders came on. And I, for me, it was just fantastic. And I've always loved the Islanders, and I always will. There's certain teams I absolutely despise: <laughs> Philadelphia, Philadelphia Flyers. I don't even hate the Rangers, really. I really don't. I never even consider them a threat. But I always hated the Flyers. Always. <laughs> oh, grumpy. Oh, I grumpy. Often, I often say that I, I was, I was rooting for the Russians over the Flyers in. Uh, you know that that team team when they came over and beat the hell out of everybody but the Flyers. <laughs> right, they were beating all star teams left and right. You know, beating Team Canada, etc. But nope, didn't beat the Flyers. They beat Montreal. They beat the Rangers. They couldn't beat the Flyers though. The Flyers, you know, did what they did, goon it up, and you know that's how they beat them. And they uh, 
they they threatened to not go back on the ice for the second period. Uh, they told me, they told the the Russians, "You're not going to get paid." So they came out and they wanted to get beat. It was the only game they lost in that whole series was to the Flyers. I will tell you this, grumpy old man. I always love that clip of Bobby Clark skating at the referee, like he's going to take a hack with no. his stick. No, that was not. That was Parise who did that. It was Clark was the one who took a slash on. Um, I think it was Karlamov and broke his ankle. I mean, two hander. I mean, she's like, uh, yeah. Paul, Paul Bunyan would be proud of that chop he had Absolutely. to the back Clark of his ankle. Punk. Clark was a punk. I always hated Clark. I mean, he had no teeth. And, you know, he was disgusting. He played for those filthy, dopey, fly punks. And he would always start some shit, always. He was like one of, he was one of those guys, always sticking guys from behind, stuff like that. And he wouldn't want to fight unless he had three or four guys on him. And as soon as you start a fight, man, you see everybody would jump in and beat the hell out of the guy. Them and the Boston Bruins, the big bad Bruins, that was when they instituted the second man in rule. Because that would, every fight would be like that. One guy would start a fight. He didn't have the advantage. Man, you see those uh, the dirty uh, Bruins and those filthy Flyers jumping guys. It's disgusting. I remember a Newsday, a Newsday picture years and years ago. They were playing the California Golden Seals, and they showed four guys who were beating the hell out of one of the California Golden Seals guys. Oh, disgusting. And I remember Dave Schultz beating the life out of Dale Roth in a playoff game against the Rangers, and nobody – stood up for Dale Roth. I mean, he got obliterated. I think it's on YouTube, actually, if you look it up. He got absolutely obliterated. And you know what? At some point, you got to jump in there. I'm sorry. You let your man just get beaten to death. And, you know, Schultz would grab him by the hair. I mean, he's got him by the hair. It's like, oh, I hate the Flyers. I hate them. I hate them. To this day, I hate the Philadelphia Flyers. I hate them. The whole city of Philadelphia sucks. All I have to – Flyers. I hate the Eagles too. The Eagles are a team I hate. Giants fan, right? You would think, hey, you gotta hate the Cowboys, you gotta hate the Redskins. No, it's the it's the Eagles who I hate the most. Grump, I think like you were just about to let a little obscenity fly there, grumpy old man. You hate the Eagles, but uh, I'll tell you. So now all I have to do in order no, to treat you is just say Philadelphia. I was gonna say the Flyers, but then I remember they were the Eagles. Like I said, I hate the Flyers more than anything. Oh, grumpy. We do have a comment here from Jack, and this is interesting. He says, to tell you uh, how I got in the Islanders, I came over to New York in 2018. I was staying in Brooklyn, and the Islanders were playing at the Barclays Center. I went to a game and got hooked. Ever since, you know, I stay up watching the games, uh, as many games as I can, you know, planning on trip, uh, planning a trip to return there to Belmont, uh, grumpy old man. I'll tell you, that's it's funny how many hockey fans get involved in that same exact capacity. Never really heard of hockey. Never, never paid too much attention. They go to one game, and that cements a lifelong, a lifelong relationship to an uh, to a, a or to an NHL organization. Absolutely, and you know, I'm going to tell you what Jack's a true fan because those games are starting like one o'clock in the morning for him. I mean, you know, it's a six hour time difference from England and from uh, New York. So, I mean, you know, so seven o'clock those games start or seven thirty. I mean, geez, that's tough. Yeah, and here you go. Here's Scott also saying here, grew up following the Islanders in the mid-80s and have been a diehard fan ever since and will continue to watch them, you know, till the day I die. I can relate to the Grumpy Old Man's old-school hockey references. Absolutely, man. The good old days. I I, 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 I long for the good old hockey days. They were better. Hockey was better back then. Maybe the players weren't as talented or you didn't see as much scoring, but I tell you, it was blood and guts. It was a man sport back then, not the little ballerina stuff they got now. 
Well, I'll be honest. I, I, you know, as much as I think the changes, you know, have taken a little bit of the fun out of the game, I, I can tell you this much, Grumpy Old Man. I do like it where there's less people lying on the ground like they're dead and there's less, <laughs> less serious injuries. I mean, now you're you're more likely to have, you know, like a cartilage injury than you would to be like, oh, I'm Brett Lindro skating across the middle of the ice. I got hit and it, you know, essentially ends my career. You don't have stuff like that anymore. And I'm happy, Grumpy. You know, I'm happy that's been a little bit weeded out of the game. You know, I like hard hitting as much as the next guy. I don't like people's careers effectively being, you know, ended because of, you know, a play that is now ruled as dirty. Well, you know what? It was Eric Lindros, not Brett. I don't even, well, when I would talk about Brett Lindros, but Eric, uh, Eric, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. He took a bunch of those shots, but you know what? Like the Scott Stevens shot skating down, he was skating with his head down. Get your head up. I mean, it's a man's sport. You know what? Like I said, it's not, it's not, it's not the, the New York, uh, Ballet. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's, not, it's not the ice capades, right? It's not the ice capades. Uh, ice capades is not American ballet theater, man. It's hockey. I mean, <laughs> it's a rough and tumble. It's a man sport. It's a rough and tumble sport. Keep your head up. Keep your head on the swivel. Don't get caught skating across the trolley tracks. You're gonna get your ass run over. <laughs> well, grumpy old man, we're right a little over an hour, and I will tell you this much, grumpy old man, we're, we're wrapping up the podcast here today. We will be on on Friday grumpy old man and it's going to be friday yes grumpy because i am actually i'm flying out saturday grumpy i guess this is the uh the i guess i'm just making you aware of this now grumpy old man i will not be there to to podcast saturday as we usually do five o'clock eastern standard time grumpy old man so we will be podcasting on a friday evening grumpy old man we are going to be podcasting eight o'clock eastern standard time grump whoa on a friday night on a fr- well, Grumpy, here's my question. Is that too late for you, Grumpy old man? <laughs> it's definitely not too late for me. I wasn't, didn't want to make sure it was in the morning, so I'd be awake. <laughs> oh, hold on. Is, that, is that the 18th of uh, December? That- uh, yes, Grumpy. Well, we're going to be, yeah, on the 18th of December, which is going to be Friday. I know usually we live stream here on Saturdays. We are going to be live streaming the 18th of December, which is a Friday, at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, Grumpy. Changing up a little bit. I will be out of town there, so I won't be able to live stream with you on Saturday, as we always do. And I know our schedule, we'll talk a little bit more about it because it's uh, with you know the holidays coming up. We'll have to pre-record some information or pre-record some podcasts, so it won't be as much live info. Uh, but definitely by the start of the new year, we'll be ramped up and ready to go for some Islanders hockey. And I know we are doing a third. We're having a Thursday release of another podcast. Yeah, Grumpy, we're having our Thursday release of the podcast as well. And again, those are more historical pieces as of right now, talking a little bit about draft gems and going round by round. Uh, might have a few ex-Islanders coming up possibly on podcasts. Still working on the details for that, Grumpy old man. Um, I will say this much. We do have a few comments here from Two Mets of Pessimist sticking here before we do finally wrap things up. Uh, he says, we learned about the Islanders in our fourth grade class. It was part of our history. Uh, it's a di- you know it's different for us. And then too much pessimist sticking also saying here, grumpy going to the club on Friday night. That's it. That's <laughs> it. somebody gets out of line, you got to take them to the club. What <laughs> I gotta say? Oh, grumpy old man. Well, is there anything else you want to say before we kind of wrap things up, grumpy? No, I just uh, like I said, our our draft uh, recap issues. I think we did the sixth and seventh rounds last week, uh, as well as players who were drafted outside of the seventh round, which, you know, we used to have 12 rounds or even 14 rounds going years and years back. Uh, But I think this week we're going to probably do the fourth and fifth rounds. 
And, yeah. and one thing I did notice, you know, doing those, doing that, the research for that, that, you know what, uh, for all the great drafting that Bill Torrey did, he didn't do anything in the fifth round. Well, I mean, nothing. I don't think anything. So, well, Grump, save it for save it for the episode here. We're going to record right after this live stream. Too much pessimistic. Also said this. I'll tell you this, Grumpy. Uh, I just stumped the Grump with the word club. But I thought you did too, Grumpy. He's talking about clubbing, like going out to the bar scene, going out I to the it. club. I know, it. I, know, I know that's what it meant. That's why you see Rob Gronkowski said when he ran some guy he says, "Yeah, I had to take him to the club." That's what it meant. I mean, yeah, I, I know what it meant. I know what it meant. <laughs> A little, a little bit of denial here, grumpy old man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, grumpy old man. Uh, Was there anything else you want to say before we wrap things up here and we get to recording our Thursday podcast right after this? Yeah, no, I just want to say, you know, thank you to everybody who listens and yeah, you know, it's fun for us. I mean, we have a great time and uh, I know, I know we're going to have an abbreviated Christmas schedule, uh, but I, you know, thank you. Listening. Yeah, I was about to say thank you for everybody who does participate in the live stream. Again, we really do enjoy getting to connect here with Islander fans. And again, people we've never met before, but people who do love the Islanders. It brings, you know, this community closer together. I love it, grumpy old man. I love being able to, you know, see the comments, you know, live time. You know, I'm, I'm still working for those who do have questions. I know Bruce has asked me there in the past about trying to get a way where we can have like a call in, but it's not, it's less clunky where I have to add people in and everything like that. Trying to go ahead and get away where we can do that here with StreamYard, grumpy old man. So we are in the works. I will say that grumpy old man. That's something I could probably do with the snap of the finger. Uh, but he's in charge of all that stuff. Oh, yeah, Grumpy, because you are a technological wizard. Very true. <laughs> well, thank you, Grumpy, as always. And thanks to everybody who listened to the podcast. We really do, over the live stream. We appreciate it. Again, um, going to be Friday at 8 o'clock, but usually our live streams are Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, Grumpy Old Man. Thank you. And where can we uh, get our podcast, TJ? Anywhere. Like, like this is. I know you do your little spiel at the end. Thank I know. I, oh, Grumpy, I haven't done that. Grumpy, I have not done the spiel of where our podcast is for. I want to say oof, since ever since we started doing the live stream, Grumpy. Yeah, it, it can be found anywhere. It can be found there on Apple iTunes. Can be found on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast. You could find the never the Islanders never said I podcast. That's for certain. Okay, I just want to make sure. They're falling asleep, Grumpy. Oh, Grumpy. Well, thank you, though. Thank you.